Welcome to Twice Born Podcasts. My name is Mike Bailey. Thank you so much for listening. We'd love to get your feedback. And if you have any questions, please go to twiceborn.net. You can also find us on social media. I hope that you find this podcast helpful and informative. God bless. If tomorrow, whether you're retired or you're working, maybe you're just in the neighborhood, maybe you're just walking down the street and you bump into someone, you start to casually talk to them. And through that conversation, something of a spiritual discussion begins. Why are we here? Where did we come from? Where are we going? What is the meaning of life? What happens to you after you die? What motivates you? What is your purpose? Would you be ready? Would I be ready? Would we be ready to share the gospel? Would we be confident? Would we be committed? Will we be present enough to be able to do that? And so my encouragement this morning as we look to God's word is to be prepared. We need to always be prepared. I found in my life, God throws these curveballs at you at the least likely time. And a lot of times, the time you're maybe in a rush to get somewhere, you have something else on your mind. You have have something else going on that's distracting you. And so we really have to hone this in that the Holy Spirit can work in us even in in times that are not convenient. But as I was thinking about this, I was thinking about our trip to Malawi, my son and I. Um, Each day was a little bit different. We didn't know what to expect. I think the, the biggest challenge on going anywhere in life is the unknown. Remember when you were in elementary school and you had to go to middle school or high school and there was that fear because you didn't know what that was going to be like and it seemed pretty scary. And then you got done with high school and what college or your work life was going to be like. And then all of a sudden it gets comfortable, but then there's that next challenge to go somewhere and do something that you haven't yet done so you're not familiar with it. So there's a fear to it. And I can tell you going to Malawi, even though I've been on a lot of mission trips, there was a lot, not maybe not fear, but there was Um, hey, how is this going to work? What are we going to be doing? And so every day was a little bit different. It was a little bit challenging. And maybe in life, and maybe you're like me, you just want to stay comfortable. You don't want to know exactly what's going to happen, right? You want to have confidence in it. You don't want all those unknowns. As Americans, we're pretty tight about these things, aren't we? Start on time, finish on time. You better be done at lunchtime, Mike, today. (laughs) I got plans, and you better not mess up my plans. (laughs) Unfortunately, in most of the world, it's not like that. You go to South America, Central America, Africa. Uh, it, we, when we were in South America, we'd always say you got to Latin up because they, it could be now, it could be later. We'll just wait and see what happens, right? And so every day was a little bit different, but I knew they were telling us we're going to go to Mount Shioni, Mount Shioni. And they kept saying, I wonder if those Americans can get up Mount Shioni. <laughs> and so the day came, we got up early, it was still dark out, it was cool there. And uh, we drove to Mount Shioni, and we began the journey up Mount Shioni. And um, as you can see in this picture, Mount Shioni was, it's, it's a pretty good hike. It took us over two hours to hike it. Um, I was a little bit embarrassed because there were, there were these ladies that were walking up with probably 50 to 100 pounds of wood on their head, just carrying it up right past me like I was standing still. But as we made it, some of you remember me sharing about this, Mount Shioni was such a, it was such a unique experience for me. Because it was such a reflection on life. Uh, there were times where it flattened out and it seemed f- comfortable and fun and, and it was refreshing. But most of it was uphill, hard, and you keep telling yourself, why am I here? Why did I make this commitment? What am I doing? I'll never make it to the top. Why don't I just turn around and, and take the easy way out? Uh, I can fake an injury. I rolled my ankle. You know, 
You're going up this mountain, and the majority of it is this space in your head where you're trying to figure out, am I going to make it to the end of this journey? Am I going to finish this thing that I'm on? I've already made the commitment. I got out of the bus. I got onto the path. I've got to finish this thing. And you know what's challenging in life is that a lot of those things that show up that are steep and hard and inclines are things we didn't see coming. I, the, the funny thing to me was every time you looked up, it looked like, oh, if we get over this next little hill, it's going to flatten out. And it just kept going up and up. And I'm like, wait a minute, when did it, how come we're not there yet? But that's how life is, isn't it? You say, well, when I get done with high school, I get done with college, I get done with my job, I get to that next stage, it's going to flatten out and get easy and I won't have to deal with all these struggles. No, it, it's still hard, isn't it? It's still uphill climb the whole way. But I can tell you, and if you go to the next slide, once you get to the end, once you get to that place, and when we got to the top, we went to a, a little a makeshift house, and there was a group of people there. There's about four or 5,000 people that lived on top of Mount Shioni. They were all Muslim. They came to a church service. We were able to pray with them, and then we brought clothes that had been donated, and every piece of clothing and everything we brought up was taken and used, because that's the only, they don't have Walmart, they don't have any place to go to get this, and so this was such a blessing, and if you can see in the picture, there's kids laughing and smiling, and the Holy Spirit was there, and it was so worth the hike, just to share Jesus, and to give something in his name to those people. And I look at that, and I say... You know, it's worth moving forward. It's worth it today, even if it's tough in your life. None of us in this room have an easy life. There's no such thing as an easy life. You're going to have challenges. You're going to have uphills. It's either you're going to be your health, your finances, your relationship, your family, uh, your career, whatever it is. We all have it, and it's uphill. But if you focus on where you're headed... If you focus on why God is allowing those things into your life, because all those things make the end that much better. All those things strengthen you for the end. All of those things will be revealed in the end to, be had, to have been worth it. And so my, my encouragement to you and my encouragement even to myself, as we think about living in a prepared way all the time, ready, to share the faith that I have, to say, look, I'm moving towards the head of the mountain. The reason I'm talking to you, the reason I'm helping you, the reason I'm even having, you know, moving in this direction is because I see the Lord coming and he's returning and I'm excited about that and I want you to be excited about that and I want you to be able to see life, that there is a final destination. There is a place you can go where it's not broken anymore. It's not filled with the curse of sin. It's not diseased. It's not poisoned. And we got to remind ourselves that's where we're headed. And that's the whole point of the gospel, the death, burial, resurrection, that we could share that with others, that they too would look to that day in the future. So as we talk about uh, this question of are you ready, what would you say, what would you do if God put in your path this week an opportunity to share him? Let's precede that with prayer and ask him to guide us through this time of reading his word. Father God, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. We thank you that you are always with us, and Lord, that you've provided a way. Uh, Lord, we know that you fasted for 40 days. You made the greatest commitment of living a perfect, sinless life, dying on a cross for our sins, raising again, 
and then encouraging your disciples to share the good news that you have set us free. Anyone who would trust and believe, place their faith in you, would be saved. So, Lord, today we ask that you would help us as we read uh, this letter that you spoke through Paul to write to Timothy and encourage him and moving forward, not giving up, being ready at all times to share the gospel. Help us, Lord, to be burdened, encouraged, and Lord, give us a passion that we're not so passionate about the problem, but we're passionate about the solution. Lord, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. As we begin this study, we're going to be looking at 2 Timothy verse four, uh, chapter 4, verses 1 through 8. So if you want to turn there in your Bible, either that's electronic or physical, go ahead and turn there. It'll be on the screens as well. Um, but 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 8, and we're going to look at this. If you know the background of the books, of these are letters written to Timothy from Paul. He considers him his spiritual son. He's trying to give him some wisdom and discernment so he can know how to live his life. And so he gives some really uh, profound teaching here to not only Timothy, but to us. So starting in verse 1 of chapter 4, it reads, I solemnly charge you before God in Christ Jesus, who is going to judge the living and the dead. And because, of his, and because of his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and teaching. And so the Holy Spirit through Paul is saying to us, always be ready to share your hope for the coming judgment. If there is one topic, and maybe you agree with me on this, if there is one topic that the world does not like, that I've almost never heard a news broadcaster talk about, a politician talk about, or anyone in the world circuit talk about, is the judgment and wrath of God. I don't know, have you heard that? Because I have not heard that. This is the topic that steps on our toes. This is the not-so-comfortable part of our faith. This is the part that people overlook and overstep because none of us want to be judged. Do you want to be judged? What is our, when you walk around, what, stop judging me. You shouldn't judge me. How dare you judge me? But yet here, Paul is encouraging us to be ready because there is a judgment coming. Whether we like the fact that there's a judgment coming or we don't like the fact that there's a judgment coming or we don't understand that there's a judgment coming, all of those things don't really matter because if God is revealing to us that this is a real state that we're headed towards, we need to consider it. We need to reflect on it. We need to be aware of it. And here Paul is saying the reason you should be ready, whether it's easy to share your faith in season or it's difficult, it's out of season, people don't want to hear it, you should be ready at all times is because there's a judgment of the true and holy and pure God who's going to look upon all humankind to determine the righteousness and acceptance. And so we should always be ready. We should always be ready. Are you ready to share? What would you say to someone if they said, what do you think about the judgment of God? You see, if we're honest with ourselves, if I don't have Christ, I should be scared to death of the judgment of God. You know, I, I talk to my kids a lot. I talk to younger people, and I think probably the area the enemy has won the greatest in our culture is that he's moved away from any level of judgment. 
He's convinced the whole world that God is just kind of an, a nice old guy who's going to say you're, you're forgiven to everybody. Do you know what the problem is if God forgives everyone for no reason? It makes them evil and unjust. If God does not deal with sin, if he says, hey, it's no big deal, it's not a problem, I don't have to, I'll just look it over, I'll just not, you know what happens is you got to lock your house in heaven. You're going to have the same problems you have here on earth in heaven. Because if he overlooks it, doesn't matter, no big deal, what's the problem? If he doesn't deal with the curse, if he doesn't deal with the poison, if he doesn't deal with the plague, he just overlooks it, it doesn't solve the problem. And so there must be a judgment. There must be a determination. And outside of Christ, we need to recognize it is not by any of us being good that we're ready for judgment. Your goodness has nothing uh, to do with judgment. It is not enough. It's not even close to being enough. It's not even on the doorstep of being enough to getting in. That's right. It is by faith. It is by faith that Christ's goodness can cover your badness and regenerate you to being righteous before God. We, we are lost sinners saved by a gracious, loving God through a sacrifice on a cross. This day of judgment, here's the judgment. What did you do with the gift that I offered you? What did you do with the gift of redemption, the gift of satisfying the sin, the gift of the cure. Did you receive the gift of the cure or did you reject the gift of the cure? And then once you receive the gift, now I believe you can be saved and live a carnal life because at some level you are saved, but then how do you live the rest of your life? The second question is what did you then do with the gift? How did you apply the gift to your life? How did you live in light of Christ being your Lord and Savior? And so this is where we're headed. It, it, everything else is a distraction. It doesn't matter who becomes president. It doesn't matter who's in Congress. It doesn't matter who's on television. It doesn't matter what movie comes out. It doesn't matter what your favorite thing. None of that. That is all window dressing. That is all shallow, superficial. In the end, no one will remember or think about. Only this judgment. What did you do with my gift? What did you do with my gift? We must prepare every human for this day. If your faith is in Christ, then your faith is also that there is a judgment. And that should, that should motivate us. That should make us look at our children, our grandchildren, our nieces, our nephews, our neighbors, our coworkers, and say they're headed just like I'm headed for this judgment. What will they say when God says, what did you do with my gift? What did you do with my gift? This is why we have a whole month where we refocus the entirety of this church to say we are missions focused. We are gospel centered. We want to share this good news. So that everyone will be without excuse. I can't make you believe. You can't make me believe. I can't force you to receive. You can't force anyone to receive. But you can share. You can say, this is what has set me free. This is my hope. This is what I believe eternity is. This is what I believe will happen at the end. There is a judgment. 
It says it's appointed once for me to die, and then the judgment. And I recognize that if I stand before a holy God and he looks at Michael Bailey and his righteousness, I will be condemned. I will be separated from a holy God forever in a real place called hell where I will never be able to be in relationship to the God who created me. And it is only by Christ covering me with his righteousness that I stand before a holy God and he dismisses me on Christ's account. And he welcomes me in, not that he overlooked my unrighteousness, but that he saw Christ's in my place. That's judgment. That's what Paul is writing to Timothy. He says, be ready, whether it's easy or hard, whether it's a season of growth or a season of drought. Whatever season you're in in life, whether you're in a season where you're excited about your faith or you're in a drought in your faith, be ready to share this good news. Be ready. Always be ready. Because you never know when that time is going to arrive. You see, the problem we all struggle with, this is a problem I struggle with. I like to be liked. How many of you like to be liked? Right? How many of you don't want to disappoint people? You don't want them to dislike you. You want, to be, you want everyone to say, he's such a nice guy. But unfortunately, because of sin, you don't always get that if you're a true believer and follower in Christ. Some people are going to hate me because of what I just said to you. No matter how much I want them to like me, they're going to hate me. But I'd rather have the love of my Lord and Savior, the one who can actually do the salvation for me, than anyone else. I love them. I want the best for them. But we live in a world that is it's going to be even more and more challenging every day. We know this because Paul continues in verse 3. He says this, For a time will come when people will not tolerate sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, will multiply teachers for themselves because they have an itch, they have an itch to hear what they want to hear. They will turn away from hearing the truth and will turn aside to myths. You know, when I read this, the first thing I thought about is why do we we have a lot of seminaries, don't we? <laughs> a lot of people want to say, I, thus saith the Lord. Like, I want to speak on the behalf of God. I, this, the one thing I'm truly afraid of is that I'm up here speaking on behalf of God right now because I am not worthy of that. I'm not close to being worthy of that. And that's why my hope is that you're not listening to Mike or my opinions or any, that I have nothing to do with this. This is all Jesus. This is God's word. But the truth of the matter is we are producing salesmen. We are producing the greatest salesmen to sell people to say there is a God that will obey you. There is a God who created you to worship you. That's what we live in. We, have an, we live in a man-centered Christianity, not a God-centered Christianity, where if I come to him, he better do A, B, and C, and D for me because my itching ears don't want to hear anything other than that. I don't want a God that calls me to sacrifice. I don't want a God who says, no matter, will I love him no matter what? I don't want a God who's, who's this or that. This is the God I want. Tell me about this God that I want. And we live in a world 
that will receive the message of a man-centered God, but in many ways reject the message of a God-centered Christianity. And that's where the rubber hits the road. That's where, Mike, I struggle. Because I want everyone to like me. But when you share the gospel of Jesus Christ, someone may hate you for saying there's a judgment coming and that you are lost in your sin. And unless you repent and believe and confess Christ as your Savior, there is no hope. Are you willing, am I willing to be ready for that? God gives us some hope. He gives us some encouragement in this. Verse 5, Paul's writing, he says, but as for you, here's what he says to do. I know that's a struggle. I know for me it's like, okay, how do I do this? He gives us an answer. But as for you, exercise self-control in everything. Control your emotions. Control those desires to want to be liked. Endure hardship. Keep moving forward. Keep going up the mountain. Do the work of evangelist. What is an evangelist in season, out of season? If the opportunity arises and the Holy Spirit tells me to do it, I'm going to share the gospel. I'm going to plant the seed of the good news. Fulfill your ministry. Everyone I'm looking at is a possible minister. You have a ministry. I want to motivate. My whole prayer is how, Lord, can you use me to motivate all of us in this room to do our ministry? So that when you get to the end, you will have fulfilled your purpose of ministry in this world. Fulfill that ministry. Finish it. Get to the end. Don't give up. Keep going up the mountain. Yes, it's hard. Yes, it's difficult. But keep moving. Here's what he says. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering. And the time of my departure is close. Paul knew he was almost to the end of his ministry. And he knew that the Holy Spirit had poured into him. He had everything he did not keep for himself. Right now, I believe the Holy Spirit is pouring into me. I believe he's pouring into you. And you know what he wants us to do the rest of the week? He wants us to be sprinklers, pouring that out into everybody in our world. I don't want to come here on Sunday, get poured into, and then walk and wait till next week so I can overflow some more. I want to dump all this out so I can be refilled, so I can continually keep going down the path of life, being poured out as a drink offering for the Lord. That every day I'm taking the calories of Christ and I'm using them in the energy of my life and spreading that out. You know what the problem in our, in our world, and my, I face it too, is we become just, I want to be filled, I want to be filled. I'm going to avoid, avoid, avoid being poured out. Because being poured out isn't always easy. Being poured out is inconvenient, to be honest with you. Being poured out means you stop thinking about you and you start thinking about everybody else. Being poured out, you stop thinking about your schedule, you stop thinking about your goals, you start thinking about what you want to do, and you start thinking about what is God wanting me to do with the people around me. Being poured out. Being broken. I, you know, I walk around and now it's, we're getting close to Halloween and there's this like love of darkness and I, I, my soul is broken. My soul is broken because darkness seems like light to so many. Darkness seems like joy. Darkness seems like a place to live. And it breaks my heart because I love those people. I don't want to condemn and judge and say, you horrible people. I want to say, see the light. It's so much better than the darkness. Maybe no one's ever really pointed you in true light. 
That's why you don't know how wonderful it is. Maybe you've never tasted and seen how good God is. That's why the darkness seems like it tastes good. But I want to be poured out. I want you to be poured out. If we all pour ourselves out every week and we're just, hey, I just, whatever, God, wherever you lead, whatever you want me to do, I want to be the minister to the end of my ministry and I want to pour everything out. I don't want to get to the end and have a lot left over. I don't want to save some for later. I want it to be absolutely empty when I leave that I gave everything back to the Lord. You know, you can't be poured out of what the Holy Spirit wants to pour out of you if you're filling yourself with things that aren't of the Holy Spirit. If I'm going to be a good testimony, if I'm going to be a gospel-centered person, if I'm going to share that, I have to fill myself daily. It can't just even be Sunday. It's got to be Monday morning, right when I get up. Am I filling with the Holy Spirit through his word, through prayer, through commitment to him? Am I at lunch being filled with the Holy Spirit, at dinner filled with the Holy Spirit before I go to bed, recognizing so I can be filled in my sleep of his goodness, so I can awake ready to go? This is a journey that doesn't start and end on Sunday. It's a journey that starts every day. And it's a commitment that we make every day. And finally, the verse closes with this. It's an amazing thing. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. There is reserved for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, he comes right back to judge, will give me on that day. And not only to me, but to all who have loved his appearing. Did you know Jesus is your finish line? And if you look hard enough, you'll see him every day. Jesus returning is the finish line. Whether through death, rapture, or he, he just shows up, he's the finish line. When you see Jesus, this is over. <laughs> like, this part is over. And the real has begun. And you get a crown that you get to give back. Do you know what I've learned as I've grown in my life? I love giving good gifts. I would, even on my birthday, I would rather give other people something awesome than them give me something awesome. I, I'm probably even selfish in that way. Because the feeling of encouraging someone is always better than the feeling of you getting something you wanted. The feeling of someone else being blessed, the feeling of someone else being encouraged, the feeling of someone else uh, having joy is so much better than you receiving it yourself. And I can't imagine what it's like to be able to give something to God. Because really, if you think about your life, it's 99.999% him giving us. And this is the one opportunity. My life, the breaths I've, I've breathed, the choices I've made, because I really, think about it, are you controlling your internal organs right now? Are you controlling gravity? Are you controlling basically anything other than will I listen or will I not? Will I do or will I not? The truth is, what we control is our actions and our attitudes. And if we steer them in his direction, we can give him a crown. If we steer him away, we've totally wasted it. And Paul is saying to Timothy, finish your race. Finish your race. Finish your race. Because at the end of it, Jesus is at that 
finished tape, and he is so excited to see you coming. Do you believe that today? Like, I love seeing my father. I love seeing my family. It makes me happy. It makes me smile. But when I think that it's even better with Jesus, it helps to get, it helps look to the top of the mountain. It helps you get through those tough days. It helps you get through that low place, that place where your legs are burning because you don't think you can take another step. Because you know Christ's at the finish line, waiting to receive you, waiting to give you a hug and tell you he loves you and to tell you how proud he is of you and to say he has some gifts for you that you may want to give back to him. Are we excited about that day? Does that day motivate us more than the problems distract us? Does that day excite us enough to tell others about it? Does that day excite us enough to be ready at all times to share with others the good news that we've been given? So how do we do this? How do I apply this to my life? Are you seeking God every day? It really comes down to, will I seek him tomorrow? Will I seek him on Tuesday? For the rest of my life, will I seek him or something else? Will I be prepared? Will you be prepared when he gives us the privilege and honor to share? Will I have been eating the food of, of his word and, 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 and it being in his presence, being filled with his spirit, so that it's just an outflowing from me that when someone comes into my life, I'm able to share that good news? Am I willing to prioritize it? You know, I've been in church most of my life, and I find it really easy to put my faith as a low priority. Prioritize everything, the bills, all the, all the urgent things you prioritize, right? But in the end, when it's all said and done, are you going to be happy that you prioritize those above the things that truly matter? Will you make a commitment to prioritizing your walk with the Lord and being ready to share I would encourage you, if you haven't done already, share your faith with the people in your life. Did they know what it was for you to come to Christ? What was your life before Christ? How did Christ lead you to himself? And how has your life changed since you made that commitment? These are things that, these are our stories. These are the beautiful things that we get to share. Begin with writing it down, keeping it somewhere, memorizing it, remembering it so when it comes up, you know, people can be really quick to tell you about their favorite football team and their spouse or their kids or their dog or their cat, and they can tell you a whole lot about all of those things. Are we ready to tell a whole lot about our story in Christ? Am I prepared for that? And then I would say this as I close. Make a firm commitment to finish strong. Many have not. Probably the greatest privilege in life after coming to Christ is to finish your life strong. To have ended, take that last breath, close your eyes for the last time and know that you finished strong. You finished committed to the Lord. 
I believe the enemy and everything that they possibly can do is to keep us from finishing strong. Would you make a firm commitment today that no matter what, no matter what obstacles, how steep the hill is, you're going to finish. You're going to finish strong for the Lord. Would you make that decision today? My encouragement to myself, my encouragement to all of us is what is God saying to you? He can make it much clearer than I can. What is he saying to you right now? How is he speaking to your heart? Respond. Allow him to move and to grow and to mature.